Hey everyone, welcome back into Triple Babble Podcast. This is a show where we talk all things NFL. Um, we provide weekly game breakdowns and analysis. We talk a little bit of fantasy football, um, discuss betting angles, and of course, dedicated Dallas Cowboys content. I'm your host, Trev, and I'm joined by my co-host as always, TP, as well as Hefe. Um, so, gentlemen, TP, I'll start with you. How you doing um this evening? We'll How play you I'm going to make Evie here with me, doing some things. I don't know if I'm going to make Evie evolve. Let us do his thing. Chill out. Um, you have, what, do you have, like, a Firestone, like, a Thunderstone? No, no, no. There's, there's no fire lit under any under anybody, apparently. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not seeing any fire, so I think Evie's gonna, just going to stay as Evie. You know, Evie, Evie doesn't want to become great. Evie doesn't want to become elite. Okay. That's, that's what I'm thinking about Evie. You know, Evie, Evie just wants to say Evie, you know, just, just a run of the mill. Just run of the mill. That's it. Run of the mill Pokemon. Just wants to be its thing, you know? All right. Everybody, everybody, <laughs> everybody talk about Evie. Every you know, every you know, Evie makes money. That's it. Evie makes money. That's it. Nobody Evie doesn't want to be great. Evie just wants to be Evie. That's it. That's how I'm feeling. How you feeling, guys? How you guys feeling? <laughs> Well, I, I can say, well, I can say, Evie could be be great in a lot of ways. One of those ways would be like, um, a Jolteon, a Jolteon would be nice. I think, I think that's Sylveon, pretty cool. you know, Sylveon is pretty cool. Umbreon, yeah, Espeon, Espeon. That's that's Vaporeon, one of my favorites. You know, Vaporeon. I think exactly. the same Vaporeon. Evie yeah. could be great, but instead, this Evie right here next to me just wants to be, just wants to be Evie. Just wants to be good. Just wants to be good. Just wants, just wants to stay the same. Mediocrity. That's all I'm seeing. Okay. Well, we'll let we'll let Evie be great. Let's go. Let's go, Evie. We'll let Evie be great. Um, but everything else good? Everything else good with you? Yeah, no, everything's good, man. You know, you see Nirvana come as you are. Come as you are. You know, just trying to you know, one day at a time, man. That's all we can do. One day at a time. Speaking of days, Hefe, how was your day um, treating you? Uh, day's been great. Day's been great. Long days, you know, long nights. That's what we do. But, you know, I'm doing great, man. Living the dream, moving and grooving, making things happen. Speaking of making things happen this past Sunday, we saw a lot of wild things happen around the league that all started in the 1 p.m. hour as the Eagles escaped Chicago with a five-point victory. The Saints barely held on to their early three-point, I mean, early lead for a three-point victory, which means, Trev, you was right. That plus five and a half, it came in for Atlanta. The Lions roared their way to another uh, W against the Jets. Tomlin coached his way to another Steelers win. Out in Carolina, Davis Mills took Mahomes to overtime, but ultimately he couldn't get the job done and is now 319-1 straight up all time. The Patriots fumbled away all their chances this week of winning that game, and they're also starting to fumble away all playoff hopes. The Titans continue to fall as the Jags charge their way into a wild card spot, and Brady was on the wrong side of a comeback rally as Burrow threw four second-half touchdown passes to take out Old Yeller. And all that and more. We got four more games to get into and a Monday night football matchup. But let's get right into things. Right into things. Uh, and speaking of things, man, we're going to get right into them boys first. And and, and, and I'm not going to get too excited like I always do when I talk about them. Mainly because it was very sad for me. You know, I went to sleep around half. I was like, man. We got this in the bag. All I needed to cash my ticket was T- T- 
TP, Tony Pollard, not this TP, the other TP, to get into that end zone. And I, I would have made, I would have made some good money. But not only did the did did he not get in the end zone, we lost that game. And I just want to know what our defense, Dan Quinn, I, I'm gonna come and talk to you. I might, I might catch the next flight to Dallas because I am very disappointed in every coaching aspect you had that second half. That's not the Dallas Cowboys I know. That's not the Dallas Cowboys I love. And I that is not what I expect out of the Dallas Cowboys. Micah, you gotta you gotta get this team right. TP, Trev, man, how y'all feeling? Man, when I look at that game against the Jags, to see where we were at halftime, to see what we did. Um, I think Dak was amazing passing. They said that I was reading somewhere that was his best statistical, excuse me, statistical half that he's ever played. Um, he had a couple touchdown passes. Um, I believe he had over like 80% completion at that point in time. And then third quarter happened, fourth quarter and overtime. And we just we just gave up the ball too many times. I don't even want to blame Dak Prescott that much. I would say that it had a lot to do with the defense. Dak threw two turnovers, um, threw uh, two interceptions, but that's not where we lost the game. Uh, one of those interceptions was a critical moment in overtime that resulted in the pick six. Guess that did cost us the game, but that was in the receiver's hands. Uh, receiver Noah Brown and um, well, his chest, so to speak, hit his body, and he wasn't able to secure it, and it bounced off and went to a defender um, who scored. But there are points in that game where the defense, I mean, they just allowed Trevor Lawrence and this offense to, in the second half, accumulate over 200 yards, um, where in the first half they truly struggled. Trevor Lawrence was under 100 yards in the first half, and he completely turned things around in the second half. So that I think this game is on our defense more than anything. You can look at the turnovers. Maybe they didn't happen. We wouldn't have lost the game, but the defense shouldn't have given up that, um, that type of yardage either. Frustrating game to watch. We were making it look easy at first. Um, I had someone text me say, "Man, you guys make it look easy," and I'm just like, <laughs> I didn't want to say too much. I just I think I sent the laughing emoji. That was it. But um, we couldn't hold on, and that has been a theme in some of our games. You know, we'll get up big. The Green Bay game allowed them to get back into it. They beat us in overtime. Um, so I don't want to see that theme continue. But at the same time, I can't strictly blame the offense. This is a lot on the defense. A defense that was supposed to be holding teams, um, creating turnovers, uh, that sort of thing. And um, obviously, we didn't do that in this matchup. So disappointing outcome. Um, Jags covered that game. Um, I think their original spread was plus five and a half. Um, it went down to, I think, plus three, plus three and a half. And um, it is what it is. We lost, but it's on to next week. On to uh, the Philly game. No. Sir, TP, how are you feeling about this loss, man? It's, 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 it's very disappointing, right? The Cowboys, I think I mentioned in the previous episode, what's going to happen is we're going to be in a situation where the Cowboys either want to be good, they want to be great, they want to be elite. The Cowboys don't want to be great. The Cowboys definitely don't want to be elite right now. The Cowboys just want to be good. Um, you know, J. Ron Kirsch, you know, said something about earlier this week. Um, you know, in a situation where it's next man up, you have you have to be ready, you have to be prepared. And, you know, he didn't mention any names, but it's clear who he was speaking about, Kelvin Joseph. Um, giving up two touchdowns, getting beat badly on a um on a double move. 
Um, it, it's, it, it's, it's boiling down to whether we're going to have to bring, bring in one of those two guys that we brought in, uh, both guys who can play the slot allegedly well, but they both exhibit similarities to Kelvin Joseph, whether it's, you know, one guy's out of shape, another guy's physical, but, you know, falls for certain moves that can't play in depth, which Kelvin Joseph obviously can't play in depth. He's only played, he only played, you know, to the understand, to my understanding, he only played like 15, 16 games in college. That was a very big mistake. Uh, I, I, it's frustrating because the Cowboys, they hit well on drafts. They, they hit well on draft day, you know, but this guy was a big miss and we're paying for it right now. But we still have Deron Bland who playing the slot. I don't know whether we push Deron Bland on the outside and bring in one of the guys that we signed to the inside. So we can do. Um, as far as the offense goes, Dak wasn't necessarily bad. I mean, his first pick looked bad, but, he, you know, he had a hit on the arm, so you can't really blame him per se. Second pick, Noah Brown, you really got to secure that catch. You have to catch with your hands. I know that, you know, the NFL is issues with body catch, but you have to catch the ball with your hands. Like, that's, that's like a non-negotiable in that situation. And then on top of that, what is Kellen Moore doing? The uh the drive before giving Jackson for the ball back to kick a field goal. Play calling was abysmal. You don't have Ezekiel Elliott on the field. Granted, I love Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard gets chunks of yards at a time, but in these situations where the game is on the line, for what it's worth, you have to put Ezekiel Elliott in the game because Ezekiel Elliott a falls forward, b knows to find the holes, and then c is just one of those guys that we understand who's gonna seal who's gonna seal the deal for us. So the sword is stabbing multiple guys, right? It's not just stabbing Kelvin Joseph. It's not just stabbing Noah Brown. Michael Gallup, man, you need to figure out what you want to do and figure it out fast, right? You know, you missed time to jump. Dak Prescott opened up, gave a lot of, you know, created a lot of um, extra time on the play. You missed time to jump in the back of the end zone. And I get it. You know, you have a knee injury. It's it's very scary. You have to get it reacclimated to what's going on. Trust me, I tore my Achilles. I understand it, bro. I wasn't playing basketball correctly for X amount of weeks before. I was like, okay, we can really do this. And I get it. You're playing at a higher level, so you know you have to put a lot more pressure on your knees and like that. But you got to figure something out, man. Because we're in the pl- we're we're in the other players. We're in the thick of it all. So you figure it out, bro. You got to figure it out. Our next man up. But we don't have a next man up. And Jerry's not, not going after Odell Beckham anymore. So the Cowboys, I don't know. We we have a we have an issue on our hands. Um Leighton Van Der Esch, neck injury. Hopefully it's not the same injury that Sean Sean Lee um for, for what it's worth ended his career. So we don't have to deal with that. So it's real Cox is going to be coming in. Hopefully he has something to give to our defense. Um hopefully he can direct guys like Damon Clark. Um I don't know, man. It's 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 very disappointing to see how we lost that game. We were up 27-10. Very disappointing. No way we should have lost that game. Whether whether Zay Jones is the cowboy killer or not, we should have won that game. No way fans are buts about it. Yeah. Um I think we definitely need some help at receiving core because at this point Noah Brown and Michael Gallup just seem like they don't even know what they're doing out there. 
Um, but I, I will tell you this, uh, TP, ever since you talked, called out CD Lamb, um, he's been showing up. Um, so we can't, I can't, I can't yeah. say anything bad about him. Let me, let me, let me apologize. Um, let me apologize to CD Lamb because I, I've said some very, very, dis, uh, very, some, um, disparaging things about CD Lamb this year. And he has shown out, he has shown me that he is an number one receiver. Yeah, he had seven for one twenty-six uh, this past week. So he he and did what, he, 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 did what he was supposed to do. That's um, what he went just, to the game within the line instead of going for, going to Noah Brown. Instead of trying to hand about hand the ball off to Tony Pollard, who excuse me, for all intents and purposes, you know, if he's if he's not running outside in like the first to third quarters, you know, what I mean, it's pretty much nullified. Defenses know what's going on with Tony Pollard in the game. And then you bring Zeke in, you kind of like motion him in this like awkward position, and they don't even utilize him the way you need to utilize him. Like the Cowboys, they, I don't know, Kel, I don't know if Kellen Moore is doing the same thing Jason Garrett did to get um, Wade Phillips fired, but let's hope not. Yeah, they just they just need to pick things up. If Kellen if Kellen Moore gets if Kellen Moore gets picked up as our head coach, we're fucked. I don't think that's gonna happen. I mean, McCarthy's not going anywhere, I don't imagine, this next year. I mean, he's been doing well. He's made the playoffs two years in a row. The year he didn't was the year Dak had that injury to his ankle, Um, so that's not going to be held against him. I mean, he's done well as a head coach. I mean, you could blame it on, you know, blame it on the personnel. The personnel is so good. You know, how can you fail? But I don't think he's going anywhere unless Sean Payton just, you know, says, I'll work for free. <laughs> I don't think McCarthy's going to, you know, be going anywhere. I, I really don't think so. We're definitely not going to promote Kellen Moore to be our head coach. I, I don't think that that would suit him well. Um, there's a reason no team in the NFL hired him last season. Um, he had interviews, but no one even really budged like that. Um, you never heard that he was in the running or he was the second um, potential pick or anything. Not that guy, Mike McCarthy. I think well, if it was, he was somebody I saw said that Mike McCarthy needs to you know, sometimes override Kellen Moore's play calls because they're god awful and they're like mistimed. Like, why? Why are we running deep corner routes on a third and ten when the game is on the line? Why are we not handing the ball off to Ezekiel? Like, why? What's the personnel issue? Like, what are we doing? That's <laughs> supposed. That's supposed to be Coach McCarthy's one of his uh, calling cards. Um, offensive play calling. So for them to take that from him and you know obviously you have a, a playmaker for that you know um and Kellen Moore so I mean he has to have some job but that is interesting that um you know one of his skills is just not being utilized um because they already had a guy in place so yeah I mean I think we'll, we'll figure it out at some point Ho hopefully we figure it out because lord knows man can't take another first round exit because obviously we're going to the playoffs thank you Giants Thank you, NFL officiating, which we're going to get to that a little bit later on. Um, but you know, we can't we can't have these issues. Speaking speaking of issues, um, let's go ahead and get right into the next uh, NFL game. Uh, we have two teams; both have issues. Uh, seems like Cardinals' issue has been winning at home, winning in November, and pretty much just winning games. Um, Denver, they've been having issues. For the past couple of years, they thought they solved all their issues when they went ahead and, and got Russell Wilson services, but it doesn't look to be just that. Uh, they ended up dueling it out. And uh, 
Let's see. The Cardinals ended up winning that game. I'm sorry. The Cardinals ended up losing that game 15 to 24 to Denver in the battle of uh, backup quarterbacks. Um, it was a pretty interesting game. Uh, the, I think the, the Cardinals had a three point lead at half and, and Denver ended up coming back, winning that game at home. Uh, Trev, man, how you feel about that? Yeah. So for this game, I was on the Denver Broncos minus the one and a half that came in pretty, pretty easily. Um, I think, um, I liked the over in this one. I kind of, I think I leaned it, but I didn't make anything official. I may not have even mentioned that on the episode uh last time but yeah Denver Broncos I mean they just figured out how to do it Latavius Murray had a really good game um you know blast from the past you know he looked pretty good running in that offense and um it just worked out I mean I don't know if it was a different type of play calling or they just you know made everything very simple I mean the Cardinals aren't necessarily trying to win uh and I don't think they really have the ability to they have a few good pieces on that team right now but once you lost your quarterback and you're already playing poorly during the season, I think that the season is a wrap. Um, there was a point in time earlier this year when the Cardinals were playing uh, the 49ers. It was the international game, the one in Mexico. And um, I was watching some of the guys on defense uh, for Car- not Carolina, for uh, the Cardinals. And they were just last days. I mean, they let George Kittle kind of walk in for you know, a touchdown. I mean, like guys were just not even willing to tackle, um, which leads me to believe like, you know, people aren't willing to play for their coach. Whenever you run into that situation, you know, guys are just deflated. They don't want to necessarily try too hard. They're just trying to get through the season. The Cardinals are also on hard knocks currently, the in-season version of hard knocks. I don't know if that provides any um, pressure on this team, but they're already losing. They know they're bad. Their quarterback's gone. They're on the third-string quarterback now. Um, Their uh, second-string quarterback was injured in that game with a concussion, and he has already been ruled out. Um, So, I mean yeah Broncos did what they were supposed to do I think their defense is just um too good despite how their offense has looked all year and uh they cashed like I thought they would so um the minus one and a half um you know they did well um people were probably thinking why couldn't Russell Wilson have done that I think if he played this Cardinals defense I think that he would have had a pretty good game if he had played but um I guess we won't get to see that this season Um, TP, man, how do you feel about that? I don't know. I think Brett kind of channeled his his mark ripping. He was able to, you know, get the job done when it needed to be done. Uh, the Cardinals, I, I kind of feel bad for Cliff Kingsbury because obviously it seems like he's going to be looking for a job at the end of the year. Um, you know, he, he was dealt with a bad hand. But the Broncos – you know, what are, what are we going to do here? Latavius Murray came back from the dead. Or not dead, but, you know, came back from what it's worth. Kind of a resurgence, as Trev said earlier. I think it's going to be interesting to see um, what they do going forward with Russell Wilson. They're going to pay him all this money. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a Bobby Bonilla situation. Obviously not, because Bobby Bonilla with the Mets was paid an extremely large amount of money over an ex- um, extreme amount of time. But you know, Brett Brett doesn't look bad, man. He looks a lot better than how Russell Wilson has looked this entire year. So, I mean, why not let the kid play? Let's see what's going on. Maybe a little bit of a quarterback competition in the off season. I mean, Russell Wilson, like, hey, you know, you're a Super Bowl winning quarterback, uh, potential Hall of Famer. But you know, why why shouldn't your job be up to up for grabs, right? You know, this kid is he's playing good football. 
you know, why why not? So unless unless you're gonna lock in, you know, why not let the kid let the kid play football next year up until next year? We'll see what's going on from there. Yeah, yeah, okay. Speaking speaking about um people taking people's jobs. Let's get into the next game. We got the Lions at the Jets, and Zach Wilson ended up getting the start this week. But I have a feeling as soon as their other quarterback is ready to get back on, on top, I think I, I think Zach Wilson might be might find his way back to the bench. How, how do y'all feel about that? You know, I, I have to agree with you. Um, it all depends on just the matchup, really, and the health and availability of Mike White. This team uh, is not very big on Zach Wilson. I was surprised that his punishment has been this severe. Um, he's been in active games. I mentioned that last week on the pod, which was surprising because you would think that he would be, you know, the number two quarterback if, you know, Mike White got injured. This man was not even active. So for that to be the case, it just, that told me a lot, honestly. Um, Dak Wilson, when you listen to him talk, um, he described the situation with him being able to start this Thursday on Thursday Night Football uh, with something you know, he didn't have control over. He didn't decide if he got the play or not. And the way he kind of came off was just like, you know, I'm the guy. I still believe in myself, um, which is good. You should believe in yourself um, at that position. But he was just very just like um, just cocky about it, you know, just like, oh, I was, you know, I'm supposed to be in this position. But, you know, powers that be are just, you know, not letting me play. But I would play. I'd be out there if, if it wasn't for that. Well, <laughs> if your play wasn't so bad. Yeah, you would be out there. I mean, I'm sure New York wants to truly see all that they have in um in Wilson, but I think they know enough, or they believe they know enough at this point in time. Um, he is gonna get the start, but um I think if they win, and my opinion is that they do on Thursday night, that um we'll see more of Zach Wilson, even if Mike White gets healthy, um, just to give him a chance to heal up, really. Not that they like Wilson over White any better. But that was a stunning loss, though, um, against Detroit. Uh, I think there was like a kickoff return touchdown or something like that that kind of blew the game open um, earlier. So I think if not for that, I think the Jets would have found a way to win that one. A 47-yard punt return by the Lions. Yeah. Yep. yep. I mean, the Jets are still in the thick of it when it comes to the AFC playoff race. And Zach Wilson, I mean – for what it's worth, he's not playing bad. He didn't play bad this week against Detroit. He went 317, two TDs, one interception. Now, do I think that Mike White is a better fit for this team? Absolutely. Um, Elijah Moore, obviously, there was a disconnect between him and Zach Wilson earlier this season. Um, Mike White came in and immediately alleviated that issue as far as Garrett Wilson and things like that. So I think that Mike White is the better fit for this defense, I mean, for this offense. But I mean, Zach Wilson's getting it done for right now. But, yes, to your point, Trev, um, this team, they are – they play up to the situations when it comes to Mike White, similar to the commanders when they, they play up with um, – what's his name? Taylor Heineke versus Carl, um, Carson Wentz. You know what I mean? Like, they just they just get up for this guy. He's, he's a – He's a player's player at the end of the day. Um, Zach Wilson is a little bit more privileged, a little bit more spoiled. Um, you know, he just assumes that everything's supposed to go his way. You got you guys are looking his eye. You know what I mean? Just like that baby. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, you know, everything's supposed to go my way. It's like, no, this is not. You're supposed to earn the respect of your players, of your coaches, things like that. 
And I mean, Detroit, they're a good football team, man. Detroit, I mean, we we ran into the AFC version of Detroit with Jacksonville, you know, very physical, very offensive, put points on the board. And the Jets, they just couldn't get the job done. So, you know, you just have to suffer consequences. But the Jets are no nowhere by any means out of this playoff race. So I look forward to seeing what the Jets are going to do. I do hope that Mike White heals up quickly. I'm tired of seeing Zach Wilson, even though he's a milf hunter. You know, when I was younger, it's a couple scenes, a couple uh, websites, milf hunts or whatever. We don't have to get into that right now. We can talk about that off the air. But it's too late. We've we've gotten into it. I mean, people hunter, know what that is. <laughs> Millhunter.com. You know, we've we've been there, done that. You know, but he's not the guy. I'm I'm a bit older now. I'm a bit more mature. So we don't have to worry about Millhunter.com or anything like that. We're we're done with Millhunter. We're we're talking about getting wins now. Okay. Mike White is the guy for New York, for the Jets. J-E-T-S, Mike White. He's the guy. And I'm not talking about Mike White for the White Lotus. However, that's a really good show. If you guys haven't seen that, Hefe, Trev, uh, the White Lotus on HBO Max, check it out. Good content. Good content. However, Jets, move on from Zach Wilson. He's, He's doing his best to try to save his position and be traded somewhere. No, NFL, it's it. We've seen this. We've seen this facade. Let's move on. Close the curtains. Oh, that man will most likely be traded this offseason. That is correct. Uh, let's go ahead and get into some Sunday night football action. We had the Giants traveling to Landover and getting the win 20 to 12. And I'll tell you, I told y'all it was a bounce back week for the Giants. I tried to give. I try. I gave. I tried to sprinkle the sauce for everybody. Uh, TP man, how'd you feel about this? So I, I, um, I didn't watch all the game, but I did hear that Terry McLaurin ran into the same fate that Jalen Turbert, uh, Jalen Tolbert, ran into. There was an um, offsides call that he tried to clarify with the um, side judge. It's like, hey, I'm on sides, right? Like I'm good. Like I'm, I'm lining up perfectly. Like okay, and then they called him offsides, and you know this is this is a very pivotal point in the game, as well as there was a pass interference call that was blown, and so the Commanders ended up losing the game, and I think that the NFL has to take a look at their officiating crews because, you know, granted, the Giants end up winning this game, and um, Thibodeau ends up having an exceptional game against the commanders for sure. He's having an exceptional season. We cannot deny this guy. He's one of the greatest. He's, he's one of the greater pass rushers, not just in the NFC East, or in the, but just in the NFL in itself. Um, we have to take a look at these efficient crews, uh, officiating crews, right? We have to try to figure out what's going on. Why are these calls being made in certain moments? Is it a situation where there is a certain um, agenda that needs to be fulfilled? There's a certain narrative, um, certain pages that need to be turned? Because for what it's worth, the commanders, A, tie, and then they're in a situation where a score gets called back. And I do think that they end up beating the end up beating the Giants if the score goes through. But, you know, what are we to do here? And I'm not going to complain because the Cowboys have solidified a playoff position. You know, they're locked in the playoffs. But, you know, just something to think about going forward. Because 
Excuse me. If Terry McLaurin, who for what it's worth is one of the top tier receivers in the NFC, is called for plays like that, who is to say that guys like Noah Brown won't get called for that? Again, Jalen Tolbert, who was called for that. Who's to say that, you know, these type of plays won't work against us going forward? So I feel bad for the commanders, but the G Man are the G Man. All right, Trev, man, how you feel about this one? Well, first of all, I just want to start off by saying we don't ever feel bad for the commanders, not on this show. But that's a fact. But there was definitely there was definitely some funny business at the end of that game with the pass interference. Um, and then even the line judge not calling um, you know, when McLaurin was trying to confirm whether or not he was um, you know, lined up properly and uh the judge gave him the okay. But, you know, as soon as the ball was snapped, it was, you know, flag was thrown. Um I think there was some funny business for sure. I think the NFL wanted uh, New York to cover, you know, at least cover the game and then, you know, win. That's a whole nother scenario. Because uh, that was that was clear, clear, you know, pass interference. Um, I get it. They're human. They miss things too, but they're not the only ones watching it, especially on a primetime game. They have people, uh, you know, from everywhere kind of just calling, um, you know, just, just plays and things like that, you know, just to determine whether or not, um, you know, plays are, you know, what they are and uh, replay and all these different things. I really do, do think it comes down to the fact that they wanted the Giants to probably cover, the NFL did, and then um, and, and win. And then on top of that, just make it so um, um, so the game is is not decided on the pass interference call. Because if they call that, I mean, it's, it's their first and goal at the one. I mean, they probably get a touchdown. They probably get a score. Um, changes the game how the game how the game would have ended so unfortunately that's not you know the the call they made but overall i mean it was a you know pretty good game giants got up early in that game um not early i think uh washington scored a field goal but i was on giants plus four and a half i was the only way to look at it um yeah good good game from the from the g-men all right (laughs) there it is all right Last recap for y'all before we get into some Thursday action. We got the Monday night football game. The Rams traveled to Green Bay to take on the Packers and ended up losing 24 to 12. Uh, and Watson, um, what were you doing, man? You weren't you didn't you didn't get you didn't get it done for me. You didn't get the yardage I needed, nor did you get the touchdown I needed. And, and Rodgers, man, I heard you after the game. That's crazy. How are you gonna call it your receiver like that? Well, maybe if you run the right route, you get the touchdown. That's insane. Aaron Rodgers is a prick, man. I was I listened to that after the game. He was talking to what's her name? Uh, I think Salt Lisa Salters. I think uh, that's who he was speaking to. But man, she asked him. Um, she was just like, "And how do you feel about you know your receiver uh, not catching?" And of course, she's gonna ask him. That was one of the last few plays of the the ball game, and he just had that smug look on his face, like he's like that man's father, or something like that. He was just like, "Well, if he wants to," I'm like, "Come on, man, you like." The man is a rookie. He's not, you know, like your son or something. Like the way he said that was just nah, was that's so demeaning. His son. <laughs> that's yeah, his it son might now. be his, it might be his son now. <laughs> um, I remember towards uh, you know, right after that play, the broadcaster said, "Look, Aaron gave that signal," and they showed him like um, I guess patting his leg or rubbing his leg or something like that. Basically, it was a signal to him. And Watson never really turned around to see what was happening, and therefore he didn't, you know, know that. It was one coming to him and the type of throw that would be so he would be able to, 
you know, hold on, catch the ball. Um, he was he was caught off guard as well. But what was really interesting about that play before I move on from this was when he threw the ball to him. Um, and obviously he didn't catch it. Aaron was like pissed off, like immediately after the play. Like he was at the line still, and he was like still fussing at the dude. I'm just like, dude. I mean, like you know, it didn't happen. You didn't turn the ball over. I get it. You're upset, but you're still in this game. I mean, like one turnover, and it's you know it could go the other way potentially. But um. Yeah, uh, overall, I like the Rams in that matchup, plus the six or plus the seven. It looked very promising at points in time during the game. Uh, but this, you know, Baker had some very, very costly turnovers um, and just kind of gave the game away, in my opinion. Um, just kind of set uh, Green Bay up in position to uh, win and cover that game. Um, so just very interesting, um, decent game overall. I mean, we I think we all know what, Baker is at this point in his career, um, time he spent in the NFL. But yeah, Green Bay's still in the playoff hunt at this point in time because of that win. Um, if they win out, I think that they um can potentially make it in. I think they might need some help as well. But um that'll be interesting if they enter the uh the playoffs as well, the Green Bay Packers. Yes, uh, sir. And I and I, I'm sure you got them on that teaser I, I told you all about. Oh, I did. I definitely did. Rams plus 17. 17. Yes, yeah. sir. I was a little worried at one point, man. It was it was looking grim. It was worrisome, but but we it got was. it done. Yeah. TP, man. How'd you do this week? How'd you like uh, this game? I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't gamble at all. However, <laughs> to Trap's point, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a dickhead, man. He's 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 always been a dickhead. You know, it just, it just comes out a little bit more and more as time has progressed. And you know he's he's not the nicest guy to his receivers or his staff or his, his teammates, but I mean it's, it's definitely noticeable because nobody ever wants to be around him. However, with that you know point being made, AJ Dillon gets the job done. Um, him and what's his name, Romeo Dubs, Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson together are going to be very effective. I just hope that Jordan Love ends up being the quarterback to man this offense going forward because I personally don't like Aaron Rodgers. Um, obviously, as a Cowboys fan, for certain reasons. Um, but the Rams, I mean, Baker Mayfield, he missed. There's one play specifically that I remember um, vividly. There was a there was a deep corner route that Van Jefferson, or is it Van? Val? Van Jefferson run or ran. And Baker Mayfield like hesitated, pump faked, but he just didn't he didn't let it go. And right when Van broke out of his route, he was wide open. For some reason, Baker Mayfield just didn't throw the ball. And that was like indicative of how the Rams game was gonna go. You know what I mean? Like missing Aaron Donald. It was just, you know, more or less it was just a shit show. So, you know, I, I didn't really expect the Rams to win that game. I expect the Green Bay to win, but to chess play, like Aaron Rodgers. At this point, man, you might want to you might run a tire because you don't really have much going for you going forward. Uh, these guys, they don't like you, man. You're like a sign of the old regime. It's like um, when the Berlin Wall broke, man. You're like a sign of the old time. It's like, hey, it's time. You know, these young guys, they're coming in. It, it's their time. It's their time to run this team. So, Aaron, give it up, man. Retire. Come join me. Come join me on the couch. I promise you. Xbox. Manga, video games. It's all fun, man. It's all good times. I promise you. <laughs> all good times. All right. 
Let's get into the big finale right here. We got the Thursday night football matchup for everyone. We got the six and eight Jags at the seven and seven Jets. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags travel to New Jersey and seek to do something this franchise hasn't done since 2017. What is that? Win three straight games. After winning the last two games, Lawrence and the Titans. I'm sorry. After winning the, the last two games, Lawrence and the Jag and the Jags falling. Uh, wow. Hold on. I'm sorry. I can't even read my own writing. Um, the Jags are nine and four straight up against the spread in the last 13 games against the Jets. The Jags are two and five straight up in the last seven games against the Jets. And the total has gone over in five straight matchups between these two franchises. TP, roll me in with some more stats. I mean, I said this earlier, but the AFC wild card is a bit of a slugfest with the Chargers and Dolphins having the sixth and seventh seed locked up. The Ravens are missing Lamar Jackson and shows that they dropped a measly three points against Cleveland. I say that to say the Jets, like I said previously, are still alive. You know who else is still alive? The Jacksonville Jaguars, especially after beating the fucking Dallas Cowboys in electric fashion, forcing two turnovers, including a pick six that really turned their game around, obviously sealing the deal. Um... Their offensive output has really been turned up these past couple games. Trevor Lawrence being responsible for seven, if not eight, I'm sorry, eight touchdowns. He had He's thrown for seven touchdowns and run for eight. And the Jets' defense are going to have their handful against Trevor Lawrence and this offense with Travis Etienne, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk. Um, Zach Wilson didn't have a bad outing, obviously, against the Detroit Lions. He threw for 317 yards and two touchdowns, but he is liable to turn the ball over. Um, hopefully Mike White will be available for this game. Um, CeeDee Lamb was able to carve up this Jacksonville defense with yak yards. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to have to be careful with Amon Ross St. Brown. However, the Jets defense, they also were going to be able to spy on Trevor Lawrence because Trevor, they're going to have to spy on Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence is very elusive as the Cowboys found out as they were not able to complete a couple sacks, which led to the Cowboys ultimate demise. Also, somebody to pay attention to is Jamal Agnew, who was able to return to punt returns and was very viable in their Jacksonville offense, in the Jacksonville offense, as well as on defense. Um, Rashawn Jenkins had a career day, 18 tackles, two picks, I believe. But Detroit, I'm sorry, Jacksonville, they're going to be dealing with two cornerbacks not named Kelly Joseph. They're going to be dealing with Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. So it's going to be a different ball game that the Jacksonville offense is going to be facing off against. I personally believe that Detroit. I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Okay. They can use. Trev, man, you got any bets for me to punch in on this? Yeah, yeah, I think I think I do. A um, little bit of a mic issue there just now. But, um, yeah, so I look at this game, Thursday night football game, um, towards the end of the season. So Thursday night football games um, in, the, in this situation, I'm going to read a few 
statistics, a few facts off for you guys. Uh, Thursday is normally like a big advantage um, for any home team um, in Thursday night footballs, but especially when they didn't have to travel. Um, since 2006, uh, home favorites in these situations are uh, seven no straight up, you know, just winning the game um, as well as against the spread, winning by a uh, margin of 21 um, points per game when their opponent is coming off an overtime game, which the Jags just did against our Dallas Cowboys. Um, in these situations, um, even when they're not babes, which the um, which the team I'm going to mention is uh, the New York Jets, um, even when they're not faves, uh, they're still 12 and one against the spread on Thursday night. Um, Thursday night football home teams are also 13 and three straight up, just winning the game when the road team um, is off an overtime game and both teams have less than four days of rest. Um, so the Jags are, you know, coming off an overtime um, victory and they've had less than four days of rest being at this game is on Thursday. Um, it's telling that the Jets are favorites here because they've just lost three straight games. Um, but home phase off three consecutive losses are about 70% or 40 and 15 straight up um, since 2017. Um, so I think that you should all know who I'm leaning here at this point. Um, I'm leaning towards the New York Jets um, just to just win the game. So I know the current spread is set at one and a half um, on FanDuel. But what I'm leaning for is just the money line. So um, minus 118, I would take that one. Uh, there's supposed to be a little bit of inclement weather as well. So being uh, that, I think they've kind of predicted this game may not be as high scoring or there might be struggles. Um, there's also the issue of the Jaguars offense. Um, they are going to be without both starting offensive tackles. And Travis Etienne Jr. is kind of banged up with an ankle injury. Um, to me, that spells trouble because the Jets are number three in the run stop, as well as number 10 in pass rush. Um the Jaguars have an opportunity to win the division um, if they win the last two games, and the Titans lose two out of three. Um, New York, they just have to continue fighting, basically went out. Um, this is uh, the last part here about just the overall matchup for the game. Um, this is the fourth straight travel spot for the Jaguars. They've been on the road traveling, 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 and the Jets have been at home. They were at home on Sunday, and they're going to be home here. So they had no travel to do. They're already at home, and um, it's a short week. So I do think that the Jets can kind of come in here and potentially win this football game. Um, another bet that I like, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars um, over two touchdowns. Um, I think just because of the weather, some of the offensive line injuries, Travis Etienne's uh, injury as well, I do think that there is a look ahead to, um, you know, just maybe the Jags not scoring as much as, um, as, as they normally do. So, the Jaguars team total touchdowns over two is set at plus 112 right now. Um, I think that's some pretty good value. Um, and I just think that some of the injuries as well as the weather is a little baked in. I think that they can score, um, you know, at least two touchdowns. I mean, that'd be a push, but, um, you know, probably three touchdowns throughout the game. So my play here is over two touchdowns plus 112 and um, money line. Um the New York Jets minus one eighteen. All right, all right. Uh, first and foremost, I just I just want to apologize to everybody. Uh, I don't know my, somehow my mic decided to mute itself. Um, that was a be- it was a beautiful thing, but 
You can go ahead and join Triple Babble this Friday night as we cap off another three-peater episodes and get right into Saturday's Christmas Eve slate of games as the Lions look to keep roaring their way to the wildcard round, just like the Ravens, who look to bounce back this week at home, plus six more games all in the 1 p.m. hour. We also have two exciting matchups at 4 o'clock as the Commanders look to command their way into San Fran and the Eagles look to uh, Eagles look to pray. pray. They're going to be praying that they can sweep Dallas. But we got all that and a Sunday, Saturday night football matchup as we're going to see the Raiders travel to Pittsburgh. Until then, I hope everyone enjoys this Thursday night football action, and I'll see y'all Friday night. El Jefe is out. Guitars are cool. Philosophy's cool. You know what's not cool? Cowboys losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars being in 27-10. Don't fucking do that shit again. Gardner Minshew? He looks like the guy. He looks like the antagonist off of dodgeball. Don't lose this fucking game, Cowboys. TB's out of here. Well, I do want to say that although Gardner Minshew does look like the <laughs> guy from dodgeball, um, Jalen Hurts has not been officially ruled out quite yet. Um, I do believe the Eagles are leaning that direction, and I understand why. Uh, there's a lot riding on that game. Um, just the fact that you know he's in the MVP conversation, and I know that that team would probably want to get him that MVP, um, victory. Even though that's not the end goal of the season, um, if he does not play, that definitely hampers that Patrick Mahomes, who's you know next in line, would just have to have the worst one of the worst games of his career, um, in order for for him not to win it if uh, Jalen Hurts misses the game. Um, but in saying that, uh, I just want to close out um, and just say, hey, join us on Spotify, uh, join us on Apple Music, give us a rating if you like us. Um, like Hefe said, um, our show name is Triple Babble. So check us out. You know, we talk all things NFL, including dedicated content to our favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. But we will return later this week when we discuss the Saturday um, slate of games, give our predictions um, as well as our you know, um, you know, views for and leans for those particular matchups uh, for Christmas Eve. Um, but until then, uh, this is Trev and um, I am follow signing us on out. IG. Yeah, follow follow us on IG. Happy, what's our uh, what's our Instagram? Uh, Triple Babble. All right, check us you out. Know, you know the vibes. Well, you know the vibes as well. Like Happy said, follow us on Instagram. Give us a rating on Spotify, Apple Music if you like what we're talking about. Until then, this is Trev signing out. All right.